rub it in. Uh, Larry told me he was going to have one sign over here that read 62 and one over here that read 33. And uh, or, it was a 66? It's, it's getting worse. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you for the uh, pastor's appreciation gifts. Thank you, Larry. Get out of the front row. And... Uh, but I really, uh, I know Pastor Darren and I both feel really blessed to be here at this church and, uh, and, and uh, really are thankful for what God has done and thankful for all of you. And uh, what a blessing just to uh, be, you, be able to be used by, by Him because it's all about Jesus. Amen? Amen. And uh, on another note, happy Thanksgiving. And... Uh, you know, I feel like Thanksgiving has snuck up on me this year. Like, I can't believe this, this is Thanksgiving week. And uh, then the following week, we're into Advent and looking forward to Christmas. And I don't know if, it, I don't know if it's just the busyness of this, uh, of this time of year or what, but it seems like it has snuck up on me. And, uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, Thanksgiving this week. I took a hike in the mountains this week, and... Uh, there's a, I have a certain trail, a hiking trail that I, that I love to go on. And um, I was on this hiking trail and uh, I got real surprised and real scared. I, I came across a rattlesnake. Now that's not the snake, that's the one I pulled from the internet. <laughs> because believe me, I was too scared to uh, stop and take a picture. I was on the trail and uh, I think uh, I scared it as much, or I mean, I, he scared me as much as it scared, uh, it scared uh, you know what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> we scared each other is what I'm trying to say, because uh, I got just a couple feet before it started rattling, and then it started rattling like crazy, and uh, as you can imagine, I hiked a little uh, faster on the rest of the, the way, but I could feel the hairs on the neck uh, start standing up, and uh, later in the week, I went on the same trail, because I thought, I'm not, like snakes are my biggest fear. I'm not going to let uh, the fear keep me from hiking my favorite trail, but as I'm approaching that part of the trail, I'm like, <laughs> I'm making all kinds of noise because we're not going to we're not going to sneak up on each other again. I don't even know if snakes can hear, but uh, but if anyone was out there and they heard me, like, what in the world's going on out there? But uh, I was yelling, and uh, this time I was ready. Even as I got uh, even as I got close to where that snake was before, I could sense the hair start rising up on my neck. The exact spot I was like in a dead sprint on that part of the trail getting through there. But obviously, I didn't see the snake again. But you know, as I, as I was thinking about that in, in relationship to how th we've snuck up on Thanksgiving, I thought it's one thing to, for the Thanksgiving holiday to sneak up on us, but we must always be ready to give thanks. You know, as Christians, being great, grateful and being uh, thankful ought to be one of our defining characteristics. Like, if we, uh, if we really believe in this God of miracles that we've been talking about, we ought to be thankful. We're filled with gratitude because we know who God is. That God is loving and He's full of power. That He's able to do uh, miraculous things in our lives. 
as I said, uh, when it comes to Thanksgiving, we ought to be on high alert, always ready to give thanks. The Bible says to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Every once in a while, someone will come and they'll, they'll, they'll really want to talk about, like, what does God want me to do? What is, uh, what's God's will for my life? Well, it's stated as clear as day here to give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't necessarily say give thanks for everything, but to give thanks in everything, to give thanks in all circumstances. As we look forward to Thanksgiving this uh, week, uh, we're going to tie in that theme of thanks to the sermon series that we're in. In fact, this is the last of the, the sermons in this series, though I, I'm sure we'll keep coming back to this because we really do believe in a God of miracles. But to take those two things, the God of miracles and thanksgiving, the t- today's sermon is titled Being Thankful to the God of Miracles. And in many ways, it's not just uh, trying to tie things together because of the season of the year. I think this is actually the logical conclusion to this series. To be able to, because what I think God has been uh, doing in our lives and in our church and in this community is he's calling for us to open our eyes. In fact, what I believe uh, what God did in Shizuka's life and healing her miraculously was to try to get our attention and to say, wake up, see who I am. Uh, give me the praise and the glory that I deserve. And, uh, and so I think what uh, God is doing is he's calling us to be on high alert, to recognize who he is, and the natural reaction to that, at least one of the natural uh, reactions to that, ought to be to give God thanks and praise for who he is. As Christians, we should be, as I said before, the most thankful of all people because of the God that we serve, worship, and live for. And so my question for us this morning is, are we? Are we really thankful people? Are we, are we quick to give praise? Are we thank, uh, do we give thanks in all circumstances? Because we know that this is God's will for us. Are, are we ready to give God thanks? There's a great story in the Bible that we're going to look at this morning. It's found in the Gospel of Luke, and uh, it's going to be Luke 17, 11 through 19. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to Open up to Luke 17, 11 through 19. The words will be on the screen and they'll be on the uh, live stream at home. But the reason I picked out this story is because it's not a stretch at all. It is a perfect passage to look at the tie between uh, miracles and thanksgiving. And so this passage, Luke 17, reads this way, picking, starting in verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem... Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. They knew better than to try to get too close to Jesus. They've been told, you keep your distance. You're unclean. You don't, get, you don't uh, step outside of, of where, you're, where you're supposed to be. They've been put in their place. And they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. As they went, and as they went, they were cleansed. 
One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Let's, uh, let's go before the Lord in prayer and ask that he would uh, show us today what he has for us. Father God, we come before you. We know that you are a God of miracles. We know that you are a God who speaks to us. And so we invite you now to come and to impress upon our hearts what you would have for us today. God, we simply just humble ourselves before you and ask that your will would be done. I pray that you would give me strength to deliver this word, but may it not just be in the speaking of it, may it be in the hearing of it, that all of us would take it and receive it and glorify you through it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, being that it is the Sunday before Thanksgiving... And uh, that this is the last in, uh, sermon in this series, and then next week will be an Advent. I just want to give you the heads up. Bef- at the conclusion of today's sermon, we're going to take a little time to give God thanks. Okay, we're going to have some popcorn praise. So, so you begin to think already as we're going through the text here this morning, what do you want to give thanks to God for? What do you want to give praise to God for? And uh, you'll shout it out, and I'll repeat it. If you want a microphone, I'll bring you a microphone. But it's all about uh, just to give God the praise and the glory that he deserves. So, so be thinking about that. And, uh, and that's, I think, a great way to conclude uh, today's sermon. But let's, let's look at the passage first. The, the first thing that we notice here in this passage is that there are ten men who had leprosy. Leprosy is a serious disease. It's a disease that causes your skin to literally die and rot while it's, while you're, while it's on your skin. And in the first century, there was no known cure or treatment. And so uh, this, this disease was, would be considered uh, fatal. In fact, lepers were called the living dead. And many of their families had funeral services for those that had leprosy while they were still alive. And not only because they knew that they were going to die from this, but, in, but they treated them as they were dead. Because lepers were forced to live out in leper colonies outside of the city. They couldn't live within the city because they, can, they knew that the disease was contagious and so they were uh, declared to be, quote-unquote, unclean. And so you can imagine the stress that this would put on a person's life. They were physically ill. They were socially outcast. They were emotionally distraught. They had lost all of their closest relationships. They could not attend Thanksgiving dinner, so to speak. They were on the outside. They lived out in these leper colonies. But not only was this a serious disease because of, because of those reasons, physically, socially, emotionally, but it was a serious disease because of how they viewed this spiritually. I want to read from the Britannica Encyclopedia, and it speaks of uh, leprosy in, 
ancient times. It says, like many diseases, leprosy was considered to be a form of divine punishment for worldly sins. And the outward signs of the disease were taken as proof that that leprosy victims were utterly embroiled in sin. So these uh, lepers had not only the other stresses of the disease, but then they had a guilty conscience because they, because they had been told that you were sick, you have this disease because you have sinned against God. And I wonder if that is the reason why when Jesus comes across these lepers and he gives them the promise that they'll be healed, that he tells them, first of all, to go to the priests. The priests were the ones that were not only able to diagnose and to say, you're no longer physically sick, but they would be the ones that would be able to proclaim to the public, too, that this person has been forgiven, that, they're, that they are no longer, uh, that, that the disease is not because of what they have done before God. And so Jesus tells these 10 uh, individuals uh, to go to the priest. And then it says in verse 14, as they went, they were cleansed. Do you you see that? You know that's that little observation there. As they went, they were cleansed. They weren't cleansed before they went. They were cleansed while they were on the way to the priest. We're going to get really hard on nine of these ten lepers this morning. We're going, to say, we're going to recognize that they did not come back and praise God. But at least at the beginning of the story, every one of them acts in obedience to Jesus. All of them begin to go on the way to the priest. Now, the text doesn't say how far they went. It doesn't say three steps into the journey and then they were cleansed or even if they were within the city gates, because it was, a, it was a little journey here. They were way outside the city, and the temple where, where the, 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 the priests would have been was right in the center of the city. And maybe, it was, maybe they entered into the city with leprosy still on their skin. Maybe they got to the door of the, of the synagogue, of the temple, with leprosy still there. We don't know that. All we know is that they were cleansed on their way. Now, this is not the main point of this sermon, but I'm so fascinated by this that I've, that I've got to just uh, rest here for a moment. Because sometimes I think uh, we get frustrated in that, God, why don't you do your miracle now? Heal me now. I'm, I'm crying out to you. And, uh, and I just want to encourage you that the way God shows up into our lives most of the time is when we are acting in faith and obedience. When we've already stepped out and are trusting in God. And I don't know when God always shows up. It might be right away. It might be we've been on the journey a while. But here's my encouragement to you. And I have a feeling someone needs to hear this this morning. Keep going in faith and obedience. As the prophet Isaiah says, run and do not grow weary. You know, keep obeying the Lord. Because if we want God to work in our lives, then it only makes logical sense that we will live in faith and obedience to him. So keep trusting in him. 
And keep going, uh, because I know that that is oftentimes when God shows up. It's when we're living in obedience to him, when we're, when we're moving. It's oftentimes in our daily lives, God will show up and, uh, and do his work. And so I find that to be a fa- uh, fascinating observation. As they went, they were cleansed. It doesn't say Jesus went over and gave them a hug. It doesn't say that, uh, that, that he spent any time with them. But somehow they acted in faith. Go to the priest. They went, and as they were going, they were cleansed. Now, all ten of the lepers were healed, but only one of them returned to pray, give praise to God. One in ten. How many of you know what one in ten is? Ten percent, right? You get ten, if my kid brings home a report card and he's got ten percent, we're talking about it. This is a terrible percentage. These lepers have failed miserably. Uh, 10% is, is awful. Good night. Ten lepers, one, only one comes back and praises uh, Jesus. But, uh, but just thinking about that 10% number, I just want to ask us, before we get too critical, how many of us would give God uh, thanks and praise for even 10% of what he does for us? You know, we can look at society and we can think, oh, yeah, like 10% of people are, uh, are living for, G- for Jesus. Before we get uh, too critical, let's examine our own lives. We have a lot to give thanks to God for that we just simply ignore. Let it slide. And I wonder if, uh, if, we're, if the reason our church isn't busting at the seams is because we're not sh- putting anybody to shame with our own praise and thanksgiving. You see, if we gave God thanks for even 10% of what he does, we'd be considered a saint. Like, we'd stand out. Everybody would be like, wow, what a, what a fantastically spiritually mature person that is. 10%. And yet we uh, so often just uh, ignore all that God has done in our lives. You know, when little kids uh, learn to pray, they oftentimes give thanks to God for all kinds of stuff. Like, I remember when Dawson was first learning to pray and Kinsey the same way, uh, we'd say, okay, let's uh, pray for the food. And it kind of depends on what kind of mood they're in, but sometimes the prayers are going on and on and on. The spaghetti's getting cold. Dad's getting annoyed. And, uh, but we're praising God for our socks and for our hair and any random stuff we can think of. And the prayer goes on and on and on. And, and, uh, and mom and dad are thinking, let's hurry this up, but I guarantee you there's one person that is loving every minute of it. And that's because uh, God has created us to give him praise and glory. And how much of what we uh, do in our lives, we just ignore him. And, and, and this, is, this is, like I said, this is easier said than done. But may our hearts be moved and motivated to say, I want to be a thankful person. I want to be like the one leper who comes back and praises God. Now, when this leper comes back, he doesn't come back just kind of real humbly and uh, thinking uh, just half-hearted praise. It says here in this passage that he praised God in a loud voice. Now, this is the second time a loud voice has been mentioned. It was mentioned at the beginning of the passage in verses 12 and 13. It says, They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. 
And then again in verse 15, when the one leper comes back and praises God, it says that he does it in a loud voice. See, I find it interesting that this man is not just going through the motions. He's boisterous in his praise to God. Like, uh, he's, he's giving wholehearted praise. And again, I think of kids, and, and, uh, and sometimes we'll tell kids, hey, go thank so-and-so for what they gave you for their present. And, and, maybe, uh, and uh, maybe in their shyness or whatever, they come and just, it's a, it's a real little half-hearted thank you. Thank you. No eye contact. Just thank you. Do it again. Do it better. Uh, say thank you. Look them in the eyes. And uh, this, is the, this is not the kind of thanks that we, we see here in this passage. It's a wholehearted, boisterous, in a loud voice, giving uh, thanks to God. Now, I'll make one observation about that. I've, uh, when you notice that ten are crying out to God in a loud voice for help, and only one comes back and gives uh, God uh, thanks and praise in a loud voice, again, my uh, application radar is, goes up because how many times are we much more passionate in asking God for stuff than we are in thanking God? You know, I was thinking about this even as a church. Uh, every Sunday, the worship team meets back here to ask for God's help in the service, and the prayer counselors meet up here to pray and ask for God's help, and the greeters meet in the foyer and pray and ask for God's help. But we don't have a prayer after the service to thank God for his help. And I wonder if there is something there. I mean, for us as a church, for us individually, how, how often do we, are we really passionate in asking God for stuff? And then when it comes to our gratitude, it comes across in a much more mediocre, just half-hearted way. What keeps us from praying with thanksgiving the way that we should? In fact, I'll ask that question in a real um, direct manner. I, I really wonder what kept the nine who were, didn't come back and thank God, what kept them from thanking Jesus the way that they should? Even Jesus asks, verse 17, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? And now he knows all ten were cleansed. It's a, it's a question to get us thinking. Why haven't they come back to praise him? In fact, uh, and so we ought to ask ourselves the same type of question. Why aren't we more filled with gratitude? Why don't we give God praise and thanks the way that we should? Shizuka and I met this week because we we're wrapping up this series. And so I just wanted to ask her, you know, let's, let's think through. What, uh, what is God saying to us? And I asked her, why do you think the nine didn't come back? And we came up with four reasons. The first was fear. What if the miracle doesn't stick? What, uh, uh, and so often fear keeps us from fully praising and thanking God for what he has done. The second thing we came up with was apathy. Even when God does uh, miraculous things in our lives, we are so quick just to move to apathy and to, to move on past, to forget it, to get back to our old ways, and we don't give God the praise and the glory that he deserves. The third we came up with was doubt. I'm healed, but what if there's another explanation? 
Uh, God has provided, but surely the credit could go somewhere else. And we rob God of his glory because we doubt what he's really done. We look for another explanation and we don't thank and praise God. And the last is excitement. The, wor- the excitement of other things. Like I imagine that these nine were healed and all of a sudden they were filled with so much excitement. I get to go home and meet with my family. Or it's league night at the bowling alley. I haven't bowled in months. You know, something's come up that they'd rather do. And how often does that kind of thing come into our own lives? We get, the, we get a glimpse of the glory of God, but we get so excited about all the other worldly things and it keeps us from coming into giving God the praise and the glory that he deserved. And as we came up with this list, we recognize that it's an acronym. It spells FADE. And Shizuka made the observation that uh, when we let fear and apathy and doubt and, ex- and the excite- excitement about worldly things come into our lives, then uh, God has a tendency to fade out of our lives. And the way we cultivate a passion for God is we don't let him fade. We, we constantly bring him to the forefront of our mind. We, we intentionally engage in a daily practice of thanksgiving. And we don't let God fade out of our lives, but we continue to look to him and to give him thanks and praise. So as we came up with that list, I said, Shizuka, do you, do you recognize any of these things just in your own story and in your own, ex, uh, uh, in your own experience? And she said, yeah, every one of them. And so uh, before we close uh, today, the, the, the message today, maybe uh, Shizuka will want to come and uh, share a little bit along these lines. But as we think about uh, just... <coughs> Excuse me. As we think about just all that God does, may, may the God of miracles continue to motivate us to, to praise and to glorify Him. Hello, everyone. Good morning. So, as Pastor Corey shared, Hello? And, um, you know, myself was pretty big at the beginning I didn't want to share because I was constantly I would say mindful of the fact that I didn't want others thoughts or judgments or even their own opinions to have me waver in what my truth was which was my experience of my miracle you know so I kept it quiet uh, I was patient with myself and so I gave myself the, the time to, to really settle in with my miracle. I didn't, I didn't first judge myself about, oh, am I, my fear is just based off of, you know, my doubt. Because I didn't doubt it. I just didn't want to be pressured by the, the doubt of others and maybe the opinion. So I was allowing myself the time to really settle into God's miracle. You know, and after that, I I met with Pastor Corey. Hello? Hello? And after that, I had met with Pastor Corey to share about 
the miracle Paul and I received. So I was able then to be free and to rejoice and to give thanks because not only did I do it with God, but I did it with our community, our church, you know, every one of us, those who prayed here and, and in other congregations, allowed me the time to heal. So it was a process, right? As he said, you know, it was as they walked in obedience. And as I walked in obedience with God and him telling me, get up, he said, get up. He commanded me to get up. And so I did. And from that moment on, I felt the healing of God. So, you know, the apathy. I don't think I quite experienced the apathy. I was moved. I was on fire. I mean, I, I was interested in sharing. I told Pastor Corey, I just can't wait to tell the congregation. But I can understand how that could happen to others. You know, you could just feel like, oh, you know, this was my miracle, but, you know, let's get on with life. And I could see that as a justification of why we might have just not given thanks. You know, and the doubt, the doubt that we experience, you know, it's real. It's a constant battle. It's a daily, daily practice to not doubt oneself, to not doubt the healing, to not doubt the miracle, to not doubt God and his grace upon you and your life. It's often that we choose to believe in the doubt than to doubt the doubt and to remove it from our lives. But I say we be like the one that gave thanks to Jesus and came back. Let's cast out doubt because we have much to be grateful for. And as far as the excitement, oh, I can, I can see how the excitement might have overcome all the nine, right? Because all I wanted to do was live life. You know, I wanted to walk. I wanted to dance again. I wanted to, I want to have a family. I mean, you name it. I just wanted to go. How to say, hold your horses, honey. You know, don't, don't do too much, honey. And I said, well, you know, there's just so much to give thanks. I just want to do, I want to do, and I want to do for others. He says, you know, pace yourself, pace yourself. I said, I don't think God is asking me to pace myself. I think he's filling me with life to do and give. And, you know, he'll tell me when to, to rest. So I could see that as a reason. But let's use it for a reason to give thanks to God, not to not give thanks. So, like I said, the... Um, the acronym FADE. Fading from the grace of God by not giving thanks. So let's be, let's be grateful. And let's give God thanks. God is gracious, and he, is, he intends all these miracles for all of us, as long as we open our hands to receive him. We just have to open our hands. And so... I think the last thing I want to say is let us be the one who comes before God with passion to praise him. Let us be excited that we share our miracle with others knowing that for our miracle, everyone is entitled to it. No one is, uh, what is it called, um, allowed the special gift 
just because. No, everyone is allowed this special gift. We are all special. We are all children of God, and we should all come before him in that surrender of truth. Be like children. Come to God as children, because that is all he asks of us. That's all I'm really wanting to share with you. Thank you. Thank you, Shizuka. You know, I just want to go back for one more observation from the passage. Look at the last verse with me, verse 19. Then, then he, being Jesus, said to them, actually, can someone check my, I, I, is, that, is that a, I think I might have miswrote that. Do you have that verse on the screen? Oh, yeah, I, I wrote it wrong. It's a sing yeah. Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Wasn't the man already well? Have you ever noticed that? Rise and go. Your, your faith has made you well. He's already been healed. What's Jesus talking about here? You see, what I think he's talking about is a, is a second kind of healing. Now he's saying, rise and go. Your faith has made your soul well. Your body's already healed. Now your heart is healed. His spiritual condition has been addressed. There's something powerful that takes place in our souls when we become aware of all that God has done for us and we are filled with gratitude. In that gratitude, we experience a different kind of healing. We are made spiritually whole and well. There was an old man who attended church every week, and he knew all the answers. Like if you were to tri play Bible trivia with him, uh, he, he would beat you every time. But the problem was this old man was a grumpy old curmudgeon, complained about everything, never said thanks, never had gratitude. But then something happened in his old age that changed him. And he was humbled and his heart was softened. And before he would never say thanks, but now he was always saying thanks. And in that newfound humility and gratitude, he finally and truly became a disciple of Christ. You see, as I said at the beginning, one of the markers of a person who is truly a follower of Jesus is that this person is full of gratitude. They're a person that is quick to give thanks. As we close this series on the God of miracles, I want to ask you, uh, are you thankful to the God of miracles? Maybe you're here and you're saying, uh, I believe in a God of miracles. I believe what God has done in Shizuka's life. I believe what God has done in so many other people's lives. But I personally have never experienced a miracle. Maybe you're thinking that. You're like, I've never been sick in such a way that uh, God healed me or had a need in such a way that, the, that it was provided for. But the only explanation was that God provided for it. I've never experienced a miracle in that way. And maybe you haven't experienced that kind of miracle. But let me ask you this question. Are you saved? 
Has God forgiven your sins and called you his son or daughter? You see, with all the miracles in the history of the world that God has performed, the greatest miracle is not a physical healing or a material provision. The greatest miracle that could ever happen in your life is to be made right with the almighty creator of the universe. See, God is so holy so righteous, so perfect, so pure, so good, that, uh, that there is a gap that is formed between, uh, between him and us because of our sin and our disobedience to him. And that gap is so enormous because of how good he is, but because of how we have uh, sinned against him, that it would be a miracle if that gap was uh, bridged. And that is exactly what happened when Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago to die on the cross. And that is the miracle that happens in each person's heart every time God sends his Holy Spirit to convict someone of their sin and to give them the gift of faith. You see, you might not have ever experienced a physical miracle, but every one of us who has trusted in Jesus has experienced a miracle in which our sins have been forgiven and we've been made right with God. We've been born again. We've been made new people. That is the greatest miracle. So have you ever experienced a miracle? If you've trusted in Jesus, not only have you experienced a miracle, but you are a miracle. That God has changed you. He's made you a new person. You were once an enemy of God. You are now a friend of God. You once deserved to spend eternity in hell apart from God. You now have the promise of eternity in heaven with God. At one time, God would have been completely justified to strike us dead in our sin. But he does the exact opposite. He brings life. And he calls us his own. He pours out his love into our hearts. Do you know how blessed you are to be a miracle? Because if you have trusted in Jesus, that is exactly what you are. The greatest miracle in the history of the world is your salvation. And if you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, then you are a miracle. So what are you going to do about it? That's the question. What are you going to do about it? My advice is... To live fully for Jesus. To take all of those things that we've talked about, fear and apathy and doubt and the excitement about worldly things and cast it to the side and say, Jesus, you and you alone will I live for. That's what we ought to do if, we, if God is really a God of miracles and God has saved us, we ought to live for him. Because that's the best life possible, amen? amen. Woo, that's a good that's real good. That gives, that, we have a lot to uh, give thanks for if that's what God has done for us. So as I said, uh, today we're going to uh, close by giving God some uh, praise and thanksgiving. And uh, what we're going to do is I'm just going to encourage you to shout it out and I'll repeat it so everyone can hear. And if it's really good, I'm bringing you a microphone, Okay. But it's not a competition. Every praise, like, I love it. Every little thing. And so I encourage you, what are you thankful for? If you're shy, take the example of the one leper who's, got, uh, some, who's a little bit boisterous and just muster up enough courage to say one word. What are you thankful for? 
because uh, this is uh, all for God's glory. So, so let's go before the Lord. Let me pray for us, and then I'll open up the floor. And if you want to come and give a word, I'm going to encourage us. Let's, let's keep them short, but let's spend some time in thanksgiving to the Lord today. Father God, we thank you that you are a God of miracles. We thank you that we have so much to be thankful for. And now in this sanctuary, we dedicate this time of praise to you and pray that you would receive the glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. So what are you thankful for? Somebody get us started. What are you thankful for this morning? You're thankful for your family. Amen. Praise the Lord. God changed my life. That God, that, say that again. God changed uh, Bob's life through the salvation that he gave. Amen. Praise the Lord. What else are you thankful for? For God's love. Yes. Amen. Vicki. Yeah. Thankful to God's joy and peace that he gives us every day. Even in the midst of turbulent, rocky times. God's joy and peace. Your ten toes and your ten fingers. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, you think about lepers. Te- fingers and toes are falling off. And uh, what a blessing that God, is, uh, that God has given us health, even in the little things. Like, we don't take that for granted. God woke us up today. God gave us life today. Praise the Lord. Alma. Yeah, God, yeah, praise God for our friends. You know, during the uh, pandemic, when sometimes we weren't able to have that interaction, we began to recognize how valuable that is. Praise the Lord for friends. The eternal soul. Amen. And we live on forever with Jesus. There you go. I've never gone hungry unless you wanted to. And uh, praise God if he gives us enough, will control, uh, enough willpower to sometimes go hungry when we should go hungry. Uh, and Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm thankful for God that he made me a Christian. Yeah, God, Dawson says, I'm thankful to God that he made me a Christian. Amen. That's wonderful. Okay, uh, I thought I saw a hand over here. Uh, what else are you thankful for? Any... Yeah, his everyday guidance. Praise the Lord. Amen. Shiori. Mm, mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, Shiori said, I'm thankful for smiles, what others say when they lift me up, that encouragement, specifically a word that Shizuka's mom said to Shiori that was encouraging to him. So thank, thank the Lord, Marie. So Marie said, uh, thankful uh, to God every day that he gives me life. He he guides me so that I can wake up and be a witness and a testimony to others through my words and through my deeds. And what a blessing that is. 
Inez in the very back. Amen. Today is Inez's birthday. Praise the Lord. Uh, We are thankful for Inez. Yes, uh, Nancy. Yeah, Nancy was over visiting Shizuka, helping care for her uh, on at least a a weekly basis. And uh, praise the Lord. Thank you. Chad. Yeah, praise the Lord. Friends old and new, this church congregation and God's renewal. All right, very good. We're thankful for our pastor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm thankful for um, in-person school, too. All right. Amen. Thankful, thankful to God for uh, this church's pastors. I'm thankful for Pastor Darren as well. And, uh, and um, kids' school, in-person school, that's a blessing. Especially, we, uh, we're thankful for that after we missed it for a year and a half. Yeah, any, anyone else have anything? Jose. Right, amen. Uh, God, family, the health of our family, thank the Lord. Yeah, especially, yeah, especially when, during COVID, when uh, those things are, that, so much fear and anxiety around that, that God has uh, given us health, and even when we have gotten, if we have gotten sick, that God continues to stay with us and, uh, and gives us his presence. Yeah, Larry. Yeah. And showing me that he still loves me. Amen. And then there's one more that uh, that really hits my heart is that as I pray for others to change, he changes me more. Amen. Amen. So uh, Larry said that God chases us down. I love that image. Like uh, Larry, Larry's told me some of his testimony, like far from the Lord, and it was the work of God that brought him. And I know so many of us could say the same thing, a testimony of far from the Lord. And God chased us down, brought us into his goodness. And, uh, and, and as he prays that God would change others, that God continues to change and transform him. And, and I think a lot of us resonate with that. Dawson. Shelter, yeah, that we have a shelter over our heads that we have, uh, that God provides us, yeah. Aiden. Uh, okay, I'm going to have to have you repeat that one. I'm sorry. In-person church and in-person youth group. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. 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 Uh, Susan. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said when he was to depart from this earth that he was going to send someone better than he himself being here. Now that's hard to imagine, but that's what Jesus said. What a gift of the Holy Spirit that God comes and lives with us 100% of the time, all the time. God opens up his word and he reveals himself and he teaches us who he is. And uh, we just, uh, as Susan said, she just longs for others to know that. Praise the Lord for opportunities to minister and to share the love of Jesus with others. Anyone else have anything they want to give uh, Audrey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Could make a joke of L.A. traffic here, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that is a blessing. Praise the Lord that God gives us protection, that he keeps us safe on the road. Uh, Linda. the Lord. So Linda said, uh, just in case you didn't hear her, thank God that uh, uh, God brought her to this church. And we just echo that and say, thank God that uh, we thank God that God brought you to this church as well. And uh, for the children's ministry and uh, what a blessing. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we're going to keep on going as long as we want. Amen? But some of these uh, Thanksgivings may be in the quietness of our heart uh, as we exit this room. But is there anyone else that just wants to say, I I got one more thing I got to say. I want to say one more thing. Marie. Okay, yes, go for it. Yeah. That's right. We know Jesus Christ. We know our Maker. And that's a blessing. Amen. Amen. Jane. So Jane uh, said she's thankful that she was given the opportunity to stand in the gap for two five-year-olds who had been gone through some sort of trauma and God, and, uh, God used her to bring them to school and, and help them during that time. Is that, is that an accurate summary? This was when you, when you were a principal, Jane? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's the reason. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Well, we have a lot to give uh, thanks and uh, praise to God for. 
As I, um, close this, as I close this time in prayer, we're going to just lift up all of these things, and I'll invite the prayer counselors and the worship team to uh, come forward. And uh, we just continue to offer to God all the praise and the glory that he deserves. Let's stand in uh, just as a physical sign, a way of us lifting up our hearts and our voices to, to the Lord together in praise and glory to him. Father God, as we stand in this sanctuary, it is with the strength that you provide. And we thank you for who you are and what you've done. Oh God, uh, forgive us when we take so many things for granted. And uh, God, I thank you that um, you love us and that you uh, look upon us. Uh, it would have been, you would have been completely justified in uh, casting us away forever, even striking us down dead right here in this moment. But uh, you have the opposite reaction. You love to hear our praises. And we thank you for all that you have done. God, I thank you for every praise that's been offered here in this moment, in this sanctuary. All those things that fill our hearts with gratitude that even haven't been voiced. But God, we just come before you and we give you praise and we give you thanks for who you are. And we pray that as we look forward to Thanksgiving, that it wouldn't be a one-time event, but that you would make us thankful people, that we would be marked by our gratitude and that we would stand out in this world because we have a different kind of an attitude. We have an attitude of gratitude that, we, uh, that as we go about our business, that we, would, that we would always just be filled not with a complaining spirit, but with a thankful spirit because of who you are and what you have done for us. So we give you all the praise and the glory this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you want to come forward and to receive prayer during this final song, uh, the prayer counselors would love to pray with you. They'll be available after the service as well. But let's, uh, let's lift our voices and, and praise to God during this last song.